I'll, I'll risk it for this poet. I'll risk it all. Hi, and welcome to Meet Your Heroes. I'm Audrey. And I'm Elliot. And this is the show where we ignore the very good conventional wisdom to never meet your heroes, and instead get up close and personal with the lesser known legacies and real life bad behavior of some of history's most notable and beloved people. Do you know what kind of gourd season it is? I really thought you were going to say, do you know the Muffin Man? <laughs> no. There was such a, a pregnant pause there that I thought you were you were going to switch it up. No. I was just reminding our listeners that it is the celebration of decorative gourds. We have added to our decorative gourd collection. We have. We made more jack-o'-lanterns. Yeah, we had a jack-o'-lantern party with our neighbors. Mm-hmm. And uh, they really invested heavily. One of our neighbors is like this fantastic artist collector, and he made a junk lantern where he like hammered in old scissors and faucets and tools. And I made a heart in my pumpkin because I, made... I hate carving pumpkins. I made a smiley face. But not like a regular smiley face, like a tiny smiley face, like an enormous pumpkin with like two little holes for an eye and like a little for had, a mouth. It had so much character. <laughs> I mean, it did have a lot of character. People like it. It's a good. It's a good design. I'm not the inventor, but I am a big fan. You saw it somewhere else? I did. I ah! did. It's an internet meme. No one... You you haven't mentioned that until just now. Cut it out. Don't tell the world. I want we'll, credit for this. We'll have to post a picture of it. Yes. It's good. Yeah. But we... Yeah. We, we had to get... We're getting new pumpkins in. Some of the old ones, the animals are even coming out. We just... Is, we were rotating pumpkins at this point. Yeah. We don't dip our pumpkins in bleach or vinegar, which like preserves them longer. Wait, we, is that what... I didn't know you could do that. Yeah, but if you dip them in bleach and the animals try and eat them, that's dangerous. If you dip them in vinegar, the animals will still eat them. It's not as dangerous, but like, what? It's, it's, a, it's a pumpkin. Like, let the squirrels have some pumpkin. No. What if they like pickled pumpkin? They won't. They won't. Mm-mm. I mean, they'll still nibble on it, but I just want their experience to be pleasant. I'm. What am I going to do with that pumpkin? The pumpkins last forever. Let them eat it while it's still fresh. Fair. Okay, fine. Fine. We just got to keep replacing them. Speaking of decorative gourds, I don't know who our hero is. You do. I've mentioned it several times this week. I've forgotten, though. <laughs> oh, wait, I do remember now. Okay. Speaking of ravens. Speaking of ravens and, and feeding wildlife, this week's hero is Edgar Allan Poe. What do you know about Edgar Allan Poe? So, I know he was a raven. Yeah. Okay. No, close enough. He, he wrote a poem. Many. Called, called, well, he wrote many. That's true. He wrote a poem called The Raven. Uh-huh. And. Telltale Heart. Telltale Heart. Did you, did you write Cask of Amontillado or is it somebody else? It's a short story. I don't actually really know. I don't know. There's I, Annabelle Lee. Okay. He wrote a lot of, he wrote, wrote a lot of poems. Yeah. He's kind of a goth dude. I, I think he he falls into the category of like, yeah, goth lore. Yeah. He's got like the spooky style. I don't know. He's mm-hmm. like. He was probably depressed. Um, <laughs> yeah, he was. I don't know if he dyed his hair black, but if he had the option, he probably would have. Did not. I don't know if he wore eyeliner, but if he had the option, probably would have. Did not. I think I'm 
transitioning from what I know about him to speculating about yeah. him. It sounds like right now you're actually describing the lead singer of Panic <laughs> at the Disco. Yes. <laughs> I, which, to be fair, it's a good comparison. Okay, okay. Uh, but yeah, he was a moody poet, and yeah. uh, that's that's most of what I know. Okay, so let me tell you a lot more. Let's dive in. Born January 19th, 1809. And I'm not here for your bullshit, so I'm just going to go ahead and start. It's time for Audrey's Astrology Corner. Being a Capricorn. Capricorn? Capricorn. One of our very few Capricorns. Whoa, 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 wait. No, no, no. He's in January. I thought mm-hmm. January was all Aquarius. No. it's Aquarius starts on like the 21st or 22nd of January. There's another one before Aquarius? Yeah. My sister's a Capricorn. What? Yeah. I honestly forgot Capricorn was even a thing. Yeah, you go from Sagittarius to Capricorn to Aquarius. Honestly, I don't know if it's just because Aquarius starts with an A and it happens in January. I just assumed it was always the very first one. No. Mm-mm. Wow. Okay, okay. Does Capricorn go into the end of December? All zodiac signs transition in like the 21st, 22nd of the month. How so, do we go a year without me knowing this? We haven't had a Capricorn yet, I don't think. This is wild. Okay, so... He's Capricorn. He's a Capricorn. So here we go. Being a Capricorn, born on January 19th, their personality is characterized by intelligence, discipline, and loyalty. Their mind is one of their greatest tools, and they use it to effectively solve problems and meet challenges. The intelligence of Capricorns born on January 19th is rooted in an awareness of their psychic understanding. They recognize a connection between conscious and unconscious unconscious thought, which come together in dreams and creativity. They can present themselves in many different guises, but their true nature may not resemble any of them. Dun-dun-dun. Sounds like the guy from Panic at the Disco to me. (laughs) I love Panic at the Disco. (laughs) Born in Boston, Massachusetts, which was a complete surprise to me. Yeah, and I would have expected like Transylvania or something. I 100% thought he was from England. I yes. thought he was like a Victorian English poet. If you had asked me last week, where's Edgar Allan Poe from? I would have said he was English. From around the harbor. <laughs> yeah, he's from Boston. Yes. <laughs> Boston harbor. Don't do that. Don't do that. I don't think he did that. He only lived there. He's a downy. He only yes. lived there a couple years. I'm going to keep doing my Boston voice. Is that fine the whole episode? I'm just going to talk over <laughs> you and be mortified on your behalf. Okay, got it. He had one sister, one brother. His parents were actors. Uh, and the year he was born, his father took off. Deuces, goodbye. Okay. Right after that, his mom died of tuberculosis. Real goth kid origin story here. Very goth kid origin story. Somehow... Of all the siblings, he's the one who ended up in the home of a wealthy businessman in Virginia. Wait, he had siblings? He had a sister and a brother, yeah. And they split him up? Yeah. Oh, yikes. I I mean, who's taking in three, like, toddlers? They're all young. They're, like, very close in age. His mom was, like, 26 or something when she died with three kids. Yikes. He ends up in Virginia with this man named John Allen, and that's how Allen actually got added to Edgar Allan Poe. He was... Originally just Edgar Poe. Hmm. He was never formally adopted, but he lived with these people, um, John and his wife, Frances, and considered them mom and dad. So they just like 
how do they not adopt them? They just keep a baby for a long time? Yeah, I, I think it was like a formality. It's like 1809. It's Nobody's like 18, keeping 10, yeah. thorough records. Okay. And they're like, hey, here's a rich couple who couldn't have kids. They want this baby. And they're like, here's a baby. <laughs> okay. And everybody's like, oh, wow, you have a baby. And then they have a baby. You're rich and white here. Take this kid. Go yep. for it. Yeah. <laughs> have a kid. The state doesn't want him as a ward. Yeah. So they don't give a shit. Fair enough. Okay. His family's super wealthy. So during his early years, he was very spoiled. His adoptive mother, Frances, was never able to have kids. She, like, doted on him accordingly. When Edgar was in his teens, his family inherited even more money than they already had. Did they ha- adopt other kids, too, or is it just, just him? him? It's just him. Oh, wow. So he's going to be yeah. the heir. Well, ugh. so we'll get to that. But when he's in, like, 15, 16, his uncle, adoptive uncle or grandma, I don't know, it doesn't matter, dies and leaves his father, $750,000 in 1825 money. 750 Yeah. Any guesses like what that would be now? Uh, over a million dollars. Uh, many times a million. You just have no guesses? Oh, um, sure. $50 million. 17 So not quite. Okay. $17 million in today's money. All of a sudden, his family has this windfall. 1825 as a result of this, his father makes sure that Edward has an even like better education than he was getting. They go to England to study for a while, which might have been my confusion. Okay, but that's fair. That's fair. The, he uh, gets private tutors. And by all accounts, by the time that Edward was a young teenager in his middle teenage years, he was a prolific and very good writer. So this is something that came naturally to him, something he enjoyed doing and did it a lot. As, like, emo kids are wont to do. Exactly. Edgar graduates high school early. He's, like, 16-ish, done with school. I, it's probably all the private tutors. <laughs> and yeah. I don't I really mean, think there were standards back then. They that's were just the like, thing. You've, you're done. Yeah. Don't right? come back. doesn't matter if you've finished whatever requirement. There are no requirements. Yeah. You're just done. You're just done. You're smarter than your teachers. They can't teach you anything else. Goodbye. He tells his father, I want to be a writer. And both his father and the headmaster of the school try and talk him out of it. They're like, no, you don't. You want to be a business person. We have a lot of money. You can inherit this money if you, like, get good at the business. Yeah, but I thought if you keep were, it in the family. If you were rich enough, like, you'd just do whatever the hell you wanted. Then Why not be a writer? It's a very bootstraps scenario. Pull yourself up. Like, do it yourself. Be a man. They wanted him to run the family business. Okay. Yeah. Edgar was like, no, please, I don't want to do that. I would be bad at it. And also, you're not my real dad. (laughs) (laughs) Also, I believe him that he says he'll be bad at it. I believe that 100%. What he wants to do instead is attend the very recently brand new, brand newly opened University of Virginia. This was established by Thomas Jefferson. And it was basically in its infancy at this point. And it was very chaotic. So the school had this very unique system of student-led governance, which they had a ton of rules. No drinking, no gambling, no tobacco, no guns, all of that. No sex, none of it. Wait, this is all the students decided this? No. So the school decided this. But then the students were required to govern each other. Mm Mm-hmm. And by and large, the rules were mostly ignored because <laughs> every student was like, I'm not a narc. <laughs> like, yeah, if, if they didn't get to have any say in picking the rules, and then they're the ones who are supposed to enforce them. Yeah, they're the ones who are supposed to report their other classmates to the school 
faculty or whatever. Good old Tommy Jeff did not think this through. No, no. Debauchery galore. So he ends up convincing his father to let him go here. Around the same time, like I said, he's like 16. He meets this girl. And she's his next door neighbor or like close neighbor. She's 15. He courts her for a bit. Right before he leaves to go to school, he gets secretly engaged to her. And this girl's name is Sarah Royster. To be fair, Edgar originally tries to be above board about this engagement. He was like, I'm 16. I'm promising. I come from wealth. I'm going to college. Can I please have your daughter's hand in marriage? Mm -hmm. Sarah's dad is like, one, no, you're a teenager. Two. I, I feel like the teenage thing, like people were married at 16, right? That's not like a weird thing. Oh, just wait. But he was like, actually, you've never been formally adopted. There's no guarantee you'll get this wealth. You're technically still like an impoverished orphan. Oh, yikes. And <laughs> the combination of like uh, the birth line isn't right. Yeah. And uh, that's true. You aren't technically adopted. I've always thought like you're adopted would be the insult, but you aren't technically adopted. It's kind of worse, <laughs> yeah. actually. And he was like, and you're going to school to be a writer. No, fuck you. You cannot have my daughter's hand in marriage. Edgar has no choice at this point. He has to go to school. So he goes, but they get secretly engaged. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Which is basically just two 16-year-olds being like, we're really going to get married, aren't we? Yeah, 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 we are. Yeah. So from school, he's writing Royster, or Sarah, I guess, love letters and poetry. But her father is intercepting them in the mail. Oh, no. He destroys all of them. Because she got none of his letters, she thinks he forgot about her or oh, has abandoned her. The dad's plan worked. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the notebook, right? Sarah ends up married to another man that her father considers more suitable. Oh, devastating. This destroys Edgar. It the, really does. This is the emo origin story. It is. It is. It just, it starts bad and it builds. Star-crossed, dad intercepts, no happy ending. No happy ending. At the same time, he's at university, right? And he does not think his dad is giving him enough money. So he takes the money that his dad is giving him, and he does what responsible 17-year-old boys do. Drugs. Gambling. Okay, close enough. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, I'm going to take this, you know, $100 and turn it into $1,000. i am going to gamble it. Okay, okay. Does not, does not work out for him. What? Where was the flaw in this system? <laughs> he ends up deeply in debt. So he, like, rings up his dad. He's like, hey, dad, not only did I lose all the money you gave me before, but now I'm really in debt. Can you give me some more money? Yikes. And his dad is like, oh, I guess. Ends up giving him a little bit more money. Edgar ends up in way more debt. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Okay. <laughs> he ends up having to drop out of college. Yikes. There's no student loans at this point, and he can't pay for his boarding, his his books, or his schooling. And because he's lost all this money, his dad is is not feeling it. And tells him not to come back to Virginia. So he doesn't go back home. Oh, yikes. Or doesn't go back to, like, Richmond. He's already at the University of Virginia, which is around there. But he doesn't go home. He gets a job instead, and he's like, I'm going to have my own apartment. I'm going to create my own life. little odd job here and there. Cannot make ends meet. So at this point, he's 18. He does what all desperate young men at 18 who need money do. Gigolo. Joins the army. Okay. That's a better idea for him, probably. A bunch of shit happens over the next five years when he's in the army. His mom dies through a roundabout series of, like, 
his, w- weird circumstances. His mom dies for the second time. Yeah, yeah. His second mom dies of tuberculosis, like the same thing his first mom died of. It was very contagious. Penicillin hadn't been invented yet or discovered. I guess it was always invented. I think penicillin is like the refined manufactured form of this. So like, I think, I think invented is fair. I don't know. I have no idea. I don't really know how penicillin even works. It's antibacterial, right? Tuberculosis is a bacterial infection. It's not viral. Uh, I think so. And penicillin is mold. Ooh, but see, here's the thing. I don't know how any of that works. All that is to say, <laughs> two of his moms die. It's a real bummer. Okay. He goes to West Point. He wants to be closer to something. I don't know. He doesn't want to be in the Army. He's not good at it. Wait, West Point is the Army, though. It's, a, it's an academy, so it's a, a university. Sure, the military like, academy. Yeah, he's not active duty, whereas before he had just enlisted in the Army. There's oh. no, there's no like active war at the time. I see. Well, so the difference is, if you go to West Point, you go as a commission. You're a commissioned officer when you graduate, as opposed to like just you know somebody who enlisted, enlisted soldier. But the the difference is, if you go to West Point, you have to be in the army after that, though, as an officer, right? Well, not if you get kicked out because you're very bad at school. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so this is what happens. He goes. He gets a little free education. He's studying writing literature a bit and. Mm-hmm. Uh, He's very, very smart. Mm-hmm. Everyone says he's incredibly bright, but he cannot keep his shit together, and he gets kicked out of this school also. Great plan. Working out for him. Okay. Get his some fa- free school. Yeah. His father's like, you're a disappointment and a disgrace, and I'm never going to talk to you again. And then his dad actually does die, like, right after that. Oh, so he ne- actually doesn't ever talk to him <laughs> yeah. again. Leaves him out of the will. Yikes. But does leave this entire fortune to another illegitimate child that he had never met. Illegitimate as in like the father's illegitimate child? Yes. So no children are illegitimate. We've already had this conversation. But John Allen and his wife Frances could never have kids. That doesn't mean that John Allen wasn't fucking around and having kids with other people. Oh, yikes. And so because of this you know, like strange relationship with Edgar, he leaves his entire wealth to this other child that he knows is his and exists, and uh, but he's never met him. Just like imagine that. Imagine that. You're like a regular old nobody probably living in poverty because your mom had you out of wedlock and the scandal and the disgrace, and suddenly you have $17 million. That's ice cold, too. If you're Edgar and you're like... You are my mother and father, and literally this kid you've never met is going to get all the money. That's a, that's a way to make a statement. Right, and it's all because of things like gambling and losing a little bit of money and getting kicked out of college. I mean, he does sound like kind of a fuck up, but it's uh, pretty harsh. At this point, it's 1835. So he's like 26. He gets a short story published this year, and then another, and then another. And eventually these stories... And a, co- a couple of, like, literary contests that he wins allows him to become the editor of this literary magazine or publication at the time. I don't know if they would call it a magazine. I have no idea. He's there. He's living his best life, doing what he's always wanted to do. But this job is also short-lived because the critiques that he's writing of other authors are so harsh and aggressive that people actually stop submitting their writings to the magazine. 
Wait, like the when they write in the critiques he gives them about the work they submitted? No, like as a as a critic, he's like publishing it and is like, and here's all the things that are wrong with it. Oh, he's he's not like sending this note back like your work sucks, so we're not publishing it because blank with blank. He's like, your work sucks. I'm gonna tell everybody exactly how and why it sucks. Both and. Yeah, I can imagine it didn't make him super popular. Yeah, and also he was drinking a lot and uh, like fighting with his colleagues. Mm. So this is like another failed professional endeavor he has. Okay, so I'm getting the I'm getting the impression here that he's not a super reliable employee. Uh, he's not a super reliable guy in general. In general, it probably a lot of trauma if we're being honest. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> kind of like fucks up your ability to manage stressful environments. Not a lot of healthy coping mechanisms. No. I'm not blaming him or judging him for anything up to this point because I also have no healthy coping mechanisms. <laughs> <laughs> Just a trail of gambling debts and being kicked out of military academies in your life. Every single one of my coping mechanisms is fully destructive. Absolutely. I have a decade of therapy to back that up <laughs> and a therapist who's just like, I don't know what to do with you at this point. You're you're committed to to self-destruction. Burn it to the ground. Burn it to the ground. Uh, Edgar appears to be doing that 10 years earlier than I have. OK, OK, got it. Got so, it, got it. <laughs> looking back for Edgar over the course of the 1830s, it's like a weird and gross time for him. He makes a lot of poor choices. Up to this point, they've been mostly just like innocuous. But we're gonna we're gonna take a little pause in 1833. So I jumped ahead to his his career before, but let's take a look at his personal life at this time. 1833, roundabout reasons, kicked out of military school, notwithstanding, <laughs> not being able to hold down a job, et cetera, et cetera. He ends up moving in with his aunt Maria and her daughter. So his cousin Virginia. Okay. Virginia at this time is 11. They grow pretty close pretty quickly once he moves in. And it's it's platonic at first. Oh, yikes. That at first. That is a foreboding at first. I think every relationship with an 11-year-old should be platonic. Forever? Forever. Yes. Right? Even if you're another 11-year-old. Exactly right. Yes. I don't want... Yes, there's no... But he's having her do things like run love letters between him and the woman next door. So he's like having her as this little like love note courier. And she's, you know, as an 11 year old preteen, this, I don't know, romantic go between. They develop this relationship where he starts calling Virginia sissy. She calls him Eddie. He eventually starts calling his Aunt Maria, Virginia's mother, Muddy. Oh. Which is like a planned mummy, I guess. I don't know. So all this is happening, 1833, 1835. He's got this, at this point now, he's got this job. It's crashing and burning. And at the same time, his grandma dies. And she was a source of income for the entire family because she was living off of his grandpa's pension and like uh. trickle down economics in the bloodline, I guess. And this was, like, not his foster grandma. This is, like, his real grandma. He's back with his, like, real family. Oh, this I, is and not... I don't want to say real family. All family. If you're adopted, that is your real family. His biological family. Okay, so he, he gets kicked out of the family with his rich adoptive parents and mm -hmm. basically falls back to blood relatives, like grandparents and aunts and uncles, whoever you can find. Yeah, and he's in his mid-20s at this point. So she dies. This trio of folks lose their income so he has to go back to richmond virginia 
That's where he has some connections. He's like, I can go back and be an editor. I'm going to make some money. While he's away in Richmond, Virginia, one of his and Virginia's cousins, so right, their cousins, they have another cousin, this guy named Nielsen Poe, he writes to Virginia and he was like, hey, our grandma just died. I know you're poor. Why don't you come live with me? I'm rich in Baltimore and I'll pay for you to go to school. He's also like, if you come live with me, because you're poor, you won't have to be married off to get out of the house, which was like a common thing at the time, right? You can come finish your schooling. Don't worry about money. I'll take care of your mom and you can come live with me. Edgar finds out about this letter, does not respond well. Wait, why would he care? Well, let me tell you. I'm going to read you a little excerpt from an article. I'm not going to tell you the title of this article until I get to the end of the excerpt. Okay. But here's what it says. Quote, Edgar responded by immediately and thoroughly freaking out, drinking heavily and shooting off hysterical missives to Muddy in Virginia. Here's what Edgar wrote. I am blinded with tears while writing this letter. I have no wish to live another hour. I love you. You know I love you, Virginia, passionately, devotedly. I cannot express in words the fervent devotion I feel towards my dear little cousin, my own darling. Then he turns this letter to his aunt and he says, The tone of your letter wounds me to my soul. Oh, auntie, auntie, you loved me once. How can you be so cruel now? You speak of Virginia acquiring accomplishments and entering into society. You speak in so worldly a tone. Are you sure she would be more happy? Do you think anyone could love her more dearly than I? The letter goes back to his cousin. My love, my own sissy, my darling little wifey, think well before you break the heart of your cousin Eddie. What the hell? The title of this article is The Short, Sad Life of Edgar Allan Poe's Child Bride. Oh, God. Which is exactly what ends up happening. Wait, what? So in short order, he quits his other like weird fucking job that he had just started in Baltimore, goes back to Virginia, immediately applies for a marriage license with his 13-year-old first cousin. No. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. And what prompts this is just that she was potentially going to move with a different rich cousin. Yes. Yes. And he's, he's in a different state. And he's like, no, you can't do that. Yeah. He's like, you can't do that. I love you too much. Let me let me make this right. What the fuck? It's not great. And I know what you're thinking. You're probably like, like a lot of the comments we get in some of our episodes. It was a different time. They were young when they got married. No. Even for people in Virginia in the 1830s, they were like, this is bad and weird. Yeah. And this is Virginia. Yeah, this is Virginia <laughs> in the 1830s. So it was actually deeply frowned upon, so much so that Edgar and his aunt and Virginia, they all lied about her age in different records. Did they lie about them being cousins? Yeah. So that wasn't actually the weirdest part. People were okay with that. Marrying cousins was not considered like the strangest thing that could be happening. It happened a lot. But the 13-year-old thing was still just as weird. Yes. Okay. So they get the secret marriage license. And they actually stage a whole second wedding a year later when it's more socially appropriate for her to be married to him at 14. Oh, 14 is like a more reasonable <laughs> yeah. age at this point? Okay, good to know. Good to know. So that's when they start telling people they got married. So from that same article, his sad child bride, here's a quote. Poe cared about the public impression he might create by marrying a child. He sometimes handled the problem by simply misrepresenting her age. 
a few months before the marriage, he told a bunch of people that she was 15. He told people that he was like two or three years below how old he was to like make the age gap less terrible. The worst part of this article is, quote, Poe might have succeeded in shaving a few years off his true age, but there was no hiding Virginia's extreme youth. She was described by contemporaries as very childlike in appearance and behavior. After the marriage, Poe's sister, Rose, sometimes took Virginia to a school where she seemed, quote, as much of a child as any of the pupils joining in their sports of swinging and skipping rope. Yeah, he says fucking creepy. Yeah. Yeah. And and so <laughs> one of the strange things about this marriage is that it seems like it was like hastened by Poe just or like Edgar really not wanting her to go to anybody else thinking like, oh, no, they're impoverished. She's going to be married off. This has already happened to me once when I was 15 or 16 with Sarah Royster or whatever. Yeah. He tries to keep his reputation afloat by telling people that or like these like ambiguous statements implying that he didn't have sex with Virginia until she was 15. I'm not sure that makes it much better. Uh-uh. No, because at that point, he's 29. And there's still some like fringe debate about whether or not they ever consummated their marriage. Because people described, some people described their marriage as like, or their relationship as, they're like brother and sister. They were, you know, like very affectionate, but almost platonic. And then there were his like contemporaries who were like, oh, no, they were fucking. It was a regular marriage. She sat on his lap. They did everything together. He was obsessed with her. He loved her. All of these things. Yeah. And just the fact that like he went through the trouble to get a marriage license. For a 13-year-old. And, and on then, the marriage license, it says she has to be 21 to consent. Re- on the marriage license? And nobody stopped it. They signed at the time. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is not like, oh, no, no, no. no. She was... She was eight years too young. Yes. At the time. Yes. And and then he goes to the trouble to stage a wedding Second later, one. hoping to like make it better. Mm-hmm. Oof. Right. So no it's not a good it's not a good look. They're married for a while, he's working, writing, blah, blah, blah. We all know that part of his life. He's a pretty successful author and not not like world renowned, but whatever. He's so in while he's writing a lot of these famous works, like now that he's more at the height of his career, he's married to this like 13, 14 year old. Oh, yeah, big time. Ooh, okay, gross. Then in 1842, so at this point, they've been married like seven years, six, seven years. While they're singing at the piano together, Virginia begins bleeding from her mouth. What the hell? At first, Edgar is like, oh, you must have just like ruptured a blood vessel. But it's pretty quickly apparent that no, she did not rupture a blood vessel. She has tuberculosis. And this is, of course, the thing that famously killed his mom and his mom. Yes. So around the same time that she's getting sicker, there's this weird shit happening in the background of their personal life. Edgar is involved in the like the very best way I can phrase it is indiscretions. So let me give you the too long, didn't read version. There's not hard proof that he was fucking around. Okay. Okay. But there was a ton of drama that sparked from this idea that he might be fucking around. So he was very flirtatious with this woman. Her last name's Osgood. She was a married woman. 
Virginia noticed, oh, he's very flirtatious with her. But she had a, quote, restraining effect on him. Like when she came around, he wasn't drinking a bunch. Mm. He was like, I don't know. She was slightly older than him. There was probably some mommy issues going on. I don't know. He's married to a child. Yeah. So this mom lover comes around. There's also this other woman, this other author who is pursuing Edgar. So like Edgar's not openly. pursuing her. Yes. And Edgar's like, you have to stop. Please leave me alone. Well, this incensed, incensed? Incensed. Incensed. This yeah. incensed this poet. And she was like, hey, here's a thing. I know you're also flirtatious and maybe fucking this older woman. And I'm going to tell everybody if you don't like give in to my ones. And Edgar's like, I'm not going to give in to your ones. There's this whole big drama about these letters that they've written each other. And uh, Osgood writes these letters and it gets all tangled up. It's a lot of letter writing. Just yeah. like the most scandalous letter writing. The, yes. There were not a lot of, a lot of other alternatives uh, besides like uh, fighting in person. Right. Well, that's actually what ends up happening. So to end this sort of like, I want her and she wants me and you need to leave me alone. I have a dying child right at home. <laughs> He gets in a fist fight with some of his friends, and they help him resolve this conflict after he gets the shit kicked out of him. Wait, what? That's what I'm telling you. It's a very too long, didn't read version. He's bad at fighting. He's bad at husbanding. He's bad at warding off stalkers. Okay. 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 So that's, that is like the 1840s. Comes to blows. Comes to blows. 1847, regrettably, Virginia dies. Tuberculosis age 27 same age or 26 same age as his mom his his bio mom when she dies yikes the prophecy circular so they were married for like eight or nine years then like 12 years they got married in like 35 36 it's like 1847 she's not a child at this point okay so she grows up and then dies yeah she was 13 when they got married and she's 26 when she died oh yeah so 13 years they were married got it yeah they were married as long as we were married like imagine i died now uh, after, you know, being your child bride and then getting <laughs> tuberculosis and you you have these like indiscretions in the background and you fight people and then I'm dead. Yeah. That, I mean, it's a it's a pretty different scenario than yes. our life. But uh, OK. I'd like to think you handle it the same as <laughs> okay. he did. OK. Which is to let his life spin absolutely out of control. Got he it. Got it. loses all his money and he starts drinking. He had some money at this point. Because yeah, he'd, he'd he lost all his money, money in the past before. Yeah, he's not wealthy. Whatever but... money he'd accumulated. Yeah. Got it. Out the window. Yes. Work. Because he's not working. He's just at this point in the throes of addiction. And I'm not trying to make fun of alcohol dependency by any stretch of the imagination. I'm just saying like what ends up happening is he becomes like his alcoholism before this was problematic, but not all consuming, all consuming after this. It is not good. The other thing he does around this time, probably because he's drunk all the time, is he starts a fight with Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. Okay. Okay. Basically via op-eds where he was like, this other poet, Longfellow, is definitely plagiarizing all of these things. From me, Ed Ground Poe. No, just in general. Oh, oh. Just, just like he's a fraud. Oh, it's not like he's like he's not like he's plagiarizing my stuff. He's just like sees somebody and he calls out somebody else. Yes. Okay. And picking Long fights through like a, the written word is like a recurring theme here. <laughs> yes, yes. 
Longfellow refuses to respond to him publicly. Everybody was just like, oh, Edgar's not doing great. Mm -hmm. So just leave him alone. He also attempts to court this other poet whose name is also Sarah. There's like a bunch of Sarahs in this story. So he tries to court her. He fails because he's very erratic. Mm -hmm. And she's already like, one, it's a risk to marry a poet in the first place. It's a risk. It's a major risk. Totally untenable to marry. You're not the least risky poet of the group, sir. (laughs) Yeah, you need the least risky poet if you're going to put all of your life eggs in one basket. Mm -hmm. When he gets back to Virginia, he immediately resumes his relationship with the first girl he was engaged to, Sarah Royster. The one whose dad intercepted the letters? Yes. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. At, yeah. At this point, she's a grown woman. She's got a bunch of kids. I don't know. Husband, curtains. <clears throat> don't know where he is. He's dead, presumably. I, I would imagine. Yeah. And so she's like, you know what? I'll take my... I'll, I'll risk it for this poet. I'll risk it all. Wow. So, okay. So she... Uh, presumably, he, he explained at some point, and then she forgave him, and... I guess. Yeah. Okay. Just like the notebook. Again, yeah, exactly. just like the notebook. Okay. Okay. If he's a bird, she's a bird whole thing right (laughs) but this love is still not enough to pull him from the depths of despair it's only been like six months since his wife died oh wow okay so he's just like really spiraling yes i mean i guess maybe like a year one morning in 1849 edgar is for some reason supposed to go from virginia to philadelphia and he somehow ends up quote in great distress on the streets of Baltimore. Incoherent. Immediately taken to a hospital in well, Baltimore. We, we don't know why? We don't. So here's what we know. Quote, He was not coherent long enough to explain how he came to be in his dire condition. And he was wearing clothes that were not his own. Oh, okay. Okay. He's in this hospital in Baltimore. Four days later, he dies. Never coherent enough to tell people what happened. Is it like he had a stroke? So at the time of his death... What is reported is that he had congestion of the brain. Okay. That's uh, one way to put it. Yeah. The reality is it was probably alcohol poisoning. Okay. But congestion of the brain is just ambiguous enough that nobody questions it. Sure. Sure. I mean, like, I mean, I guess people would question it now, but at the time, it it's good enough. Yeah, who's going to question congestion of the brain? How are you going to prove it's not that? Okay, yeah, fair point. I have no evidence. (laughs) And people were dying of shit they couldn't explain all over the place. Tuberculosis, for one. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Typhoid. All of these things. They had no... Consumption. Yeah. I mean, that's that's tuberculosis. Oh. Because it consumed you. Hysteria. Yeah, yeah. Hysteria. They had no idea how, like, the germ theory of medicine or whatever, of disease. So all diseases were pretty much congestion Congestion of the brain. Yeah. Anyway, because there's not a clear sort of, you know, explanation for his death, there's a ton of lore around it. And the cause of his death for years has been up in the air and people just speculate wildly all over. People say it's probably epilepsy or rabies. Rabies? Carbon monoxide poisoning. Rabies would be a good one. Syphilis. Could be. Could be any of these things. They had no idea. Regardless, he's dead. And either way... In addition to treating a ton of his colleagues and other artists kind of shitty, being an asshole, but mostly for his obsessive infatuation and eventual marriage to his 13-year-old first cousin, Edgar Allan Poe is not my hero.
Yeah, I gotta admit, uh, I would have expected some, you know, depression and some poor coping skills. The child bride he was related to, I did not see coming. Me either. It's a very, like, Jerry Lee Lewis scenario. Same thing. Yeah, and the weirdest part is that if you, like, have this 11-year-old that you move in with who you're related to, like, at what point... At, at what point do you turn the corner and you're like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. This is the person. I'm a, yeah, yeah, I mean, my very best guess would be that he just never really matured. Mm-hmm. He stayed emo his whole life. We see that, obviously. Mm-hmm. But also, he just never had any... He had no way to cope with all of his, like, early trauma. He had no way to, you know, sort of, like, make a space for himself in the world. And he just had this, like, delayed adolescence and preyed on his young cousin. Yeah. It doesn't excuse it. It's horrible. But it also seems like even after she was an adult, he never changed. His emotional maturity stayed permanently arrested. Yeah. Yeah. He had no ability to navigate social relationships romantic relationships he just in general really struggled to be a normal dude to keep it together right and, and as a result you get a whole bunch of really fucked up art so mm-hmm. I, that's honestly what happens yes if, if you have no other coping mechanism and you don't mature you just make a bunch of fucked up art if the extent of your processing is the art then there's uh, doesn't mean it'll be good necessarily no. but if you're talented and you work hard at it then you're generally otherwise pretty good stuff is uh, very memorable. Yeah. And if you have a lot of like personal loss and trauma to pull from, you can milk that for a while. And he died at 40. So he didn't have to milk it for very long. Yeah, that's true. He didn't have to dig deep into that pool. Just, just the easy wins right on the surface. Well, if uh, people are looking for something to help them as they struggle to be together over the next week... <laughs> How can they find us? They can find us on social media at Your Heroes Pod or on our website at MeetYourHeroesPodcast.com. Yep. And please like, share, rate, review, spread the word, tell your friends. And until next week. Don't be a hero. Don't be a hero. Bye. Bye.